Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into the ninth inning of Game 13, the Sports Insanity Podcast on the Sports Insanity Network. Mike Griffin, along with Danny Boy Reginald, Dan Ryans. Dan, first off, happy early birthday, my friend. How are you? I'm good, uh, Sir Rifkin. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, it is a birthday weekend for me. I will not be on Batter Up. Uh, there'll be some guest hosting um, going along with that. So, uh, But thank you. It's going to be a great weekend. The Big 2-8, it's a day closer to 30, a year closer to 30. Yeah. Yeah, and that, now you're trying to rush me into a couple of months from now. Jeez, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we will give you a massive celebration. Oh, oh. It'll be like Mardi Gras all over again. Yeah. Uh, but no, <laughs> I, I appreciate all the birthday love, and I can't wait for it to all happen um, and stuff. And, you know, the day before, I really hope the Knicks give us a lead in the series because they desperately need it. We will talk a little bit about the Knicks. We'll talk a little bit more about some NBA news, particularly with the Milwaukee Bucks, like we talked about last week. We'll start in the NFL. Dan, because you're in the DMV. Lamar signed his new contract, and during his press conference, he talked about throwing for 6,000 yards. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> you barely I don't even know if you can throw a thousand yards probably could, but you mostly run for a quarterback and people will figure out so quickly it's not even funny um, I think it's great aspirations from Lamar I think he's trying to think big now that he has receiving help all around I think he's just a little bit overconfident this is what the Ravens need like, the Ravens need this type of Lamar Jackson, someone that's going to be like, you know, I'm going to uh, torch all the defenses. I'm going to target my receivers and come and get it. That's the type of confidence that you need if you're a Ravens fan because this is a team that obviously is going to have Lamar for a long time. They obviously want a championship. In order for a championship to happen your quarterback has to be on his game and if he feels that with this receiving core that features an aging but still very reliable Odell Beckham then I think that this is something that you know should make people very excited it's not something that people should just brush aside or make fun of uh, even though I think he's thinking a little too big here with the 6,000 yards, this is a confidence booster that I think is necessary for the Ravens. It's a chip on the sho- chip on his shoulder, and I kind of I- I'm with you. I like it. Um, for the people who doubt him being able to throw the ball down the field, for the people who doubt what this offense can be, I like it. My thing is. I if I were on wherever, I would say, listen, the six thousand yards. That's a nice individual goal for you, but it's about the team goal, mm-hmm. and that that is to win a championship. And 
I look at this Ravens team. For, first of all, they crushed it last weekend in the draft Yes, with what they did from Zay Flowers to Trenton Simpson. I, I thought they really did a nice job like they always do. But this is a good enough roster. When you look at the class of the AFC, it, it's first and foremost, it's the Chiefs and then it's everyone else. But you look at that second tier where you have the Bills, you have the Bengals. I put the Ravens in this conversation because they could have beaten the Bengals in that playoff game last year had maybe if Lamar plays or, or you know, certain things happen. But it's about the team goal. I don't mind him going out and saying, I want to throw for 6,000 yards. I. I don't mind it, but it has to be about the team goal, not your individual goal. Yeah. But I like the fact that he's focused and he's coming into this season with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, it's a, it, obviously yeah, I'm trying not to think so much because I don't think I don't really see this as Lamar trying to um, you know put up some great numbers and him being selfish about it. I see this mm. more as a confident guy yep. that's ready to go out there and, you know, torch the living hell out of these defenses that, you know, look, had for the longest time had been focused on his running game because of the Roman offense. And, you know, but now that's gone. Yep. So he's saying, watch out. I don't know how many teams are going to take it seriously, though. That's the thing. Uh, you're right. We went from a Roman Empire-style offense to an offense run by Monks with yeah. Todd Monken. But I think the other part to that is just look at the talent with Odell Beckham, Zay Flowers. Bateman now slots in as your number three receiver. What this also does is this frees up Mark Andrews, who – for the last number of years has been primary target number one because the lack of receivers the Ravens have put around Lamar Jackson. It also now doesn't allow a defense to focus on his legs because now Odell's speed and Zay Flowers' speed, that allows you to run tops off of defenses. You can't just think Lamar is running or J.K. Dobbins is running. You have to put your focus on those two guys on the outside as well. And, and, and of course, on top of all that, you know, you mentioned Mark Andrews. Man, how many times has this dude, you know, been able just to catch the short passes? Now you're going to talk about the long passes. So, you know, you're going to guard Andrews. He's going to be a target. Then once you guard him, it frees up everybody else yeah. because they can't see it coming. It's something that the Ravens should be really, really, really excited about. They get to do some more exploring, try to find a more of a, a bigger identity for what this team can really be. Are they going to be a dangerous team that's going to nail you? Or are they going to be a team that's, you know, one of these like one directional type of offense and then they have a really strong defense like – I don't know, but this is their time to change it. And, you know, look, having Lamar there and saying all these things, 
I'm telling you, man, this is this is a game changer. This, this is a huge game changer, and you know, oh, it's exciting. It, it really is. You, the AFC North could be what we what a lot of us thought the AFC West would be last year, because I, I got to tell you, Cincinnati's not going anywhere. No, I, I'm believing in the hype in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh's not a bad roster. They just crushed the draft, also. Yeah, and they they've never had a losing season under Mike Tomlin. Yeah, and then yeah, it's a huge thing too. And then and then Cleveland, yeah. I feel with all the moves that made in the offseason, whether it was Aaron Rodgers, Lamar, J- Deshaun Watson's gonna have a full training camp. Yeah, and not only is he gonna have full training camp, he's gonna have Elijah Moore. Yeah, he's his big time target. Yeah. So, so, and knowing Elijah Moore, this is exactly what he wanted with the Jets that he never got because things didn't fall in his place very well. You know, he just went out Garrett Wilson, who's a much better receiver than he is, and you know they they got at Corey Davis and all that stuff. Zach Wilson can't throw all <laughs> all these things. Um. So for Deshaun, this is another perfect situation for him. And look, I mean, I know the Browns weren't the greatest team, but there were flashes from the Browns I saw last year, especially when you had Deshaun, where I'm like, okay, like I could see that. I could see that working out in like a year or two. Like you give it a year and, you know, hopefully better coaching and stuff. It's it's something that they have to develop and grow. And, and the only reason why I'm saying develop, I'm not saying develop, develop. Like I, I know, we know Deshaun is like a ready-made NFL quarterback. Mm-hmm. However, it's been a while since he had a full season. So now he gets to have that. He's a full offseason, full training camp. I, I think it'll work out for them just fine. Yeah, so the AFC North, ton of fun. That's going to be a dangerous division. It, Who's the better really quarterback? Is. I still think Joe Burrow. What do you think? I, I would lean that way too, but I wouldn't be surprised if Baltimore or Cleveland came out of it. Mm-hmm. The, the I, I hate not putting Pittsburgh in, into that conversation, but I just like I like Baltimore and Cleveland a little bit more. Okay. But I, I, I'm with you. I think it's Joe Cool. With the ice in his veins. Yeah. And boy, are they hungry to get back to the Super Bowl. And they they've got the team. They really they got those great receivers, pretty darn good defense. And I don't think that window shut. Like I think it is still fairly open. It's it's open. It's that window will shut once. Maybe once they get that long-term borough deal, just because they can't afford to pay everyone. Right. But for now, also you're going to get players who may want to just play with Joe Burrow, but that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they'll find some cheap receivers in the market. I'll catch passes from Joe Burrow. (laughs) I'll do it. I know you will. Uh, uh, AFC is going to be wild. AFC. Oh. To, to be in, in the AFC this year, it's just insane. Yeah. All right. From the grass of the NFL 
to a baseball diamond. Now, we will cover this again, batter up, but Dan won't be here. So, your thoughts, Dan, on Brad Bohannon, the coach of Alabama baseball, being fired for allegedly gambling against his own team. (laughs) There was a game last week where reportedly, according to ESPN, somebody made a bet on Alabama to lose, and cameras caught that person communicating with the coach before the game, the starting pitcher for Alabama was scratched. I mean, what are you doing, dude? Like, if that's the case, then that that's just silly. Like, for, I don't respect, and th- th- this goes back to integrity of the game, and this is part of the reason why, you know, betting – in terms of if you're a coach or a professional athlete, this is exactly what they got Pete Rose for and all that stuff. Um, but you know, the, you have to because now, like, who are you rooting against? Like, who what are you trying to do? Are you rooting for the money or are you rooting for your team? Are you trying to coach the correct way so that your team could win, just that your team could develop, so that your team could be taken seriously? Or are you just doing it because you know you have, like, the inside scoop for people, so you're sort of like a mole type of thing? Like, to me, it's just the dumbest thing ever. Like, you know, I I don't know, man. Like, I can't can't get on board with stuff like that. I'm glad that they fired his ass. And, you know, shame on you. Like, come on, this is baseball. Baseball's my favorite sport. This is baseball, man. You know, baseball, you know, you have to, you cannot, cannot allow someone to manage a baseball game, coach a baseball game to lose. You know, it's hard enough just to play the game. Imagine trying to throw the game away for your own personal financial goals like it's just it's so dumb and silly and stuff like that should not exist and i know i've said before in the past that i don't care whether people gamble in sports and believe me it it, the, the 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 argument is over when you do it against your own team like you know because then because then you're you're jeopardizing everything Everything that every that all these players and all these coaches are working hard for. I've always understood gambling profet on professional leagues and sports. People love it. These are kids. These are college. And that's nothing. These are 18, 19, 20 year olds. Like, come on, man. Like they're not professionals. They're amateurs. They're not. They're not going to be. Some of them might may not even make the major leagues. Right. This is their last. You know, hoorah! Mm-hmm. And you're. You know, you're going to ruin that. But yeah. what's next? Are you going to gamble on little league? Exactly. Oh my god! <laughs> Can you? If someone were ever do that, oh my god! Just wait. Just wait till it comes down. But. Uh, I'm with you. We'll we'll cover more of this batter up, but we wanted to get Dan's yeah. thoughts on yeah, it. No, it stops when you when you do it to your own team. Yeah. That's where you lose me. 
you know, if you do it, if there's an opponent that you're not worried about. Like if you bet someone else, like I don't care. Mm-hmm. Second, you bet against your own team. That's where it's like, no, 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 come on, dude. Because now, now you're gonna sway everything so that you can win your own money for your own game. And you know that I just I just cannot get on board with that ever, ever, ever. And you just nailed it. The fact these are college athletes, you know, look, I know some of them have NIL deals. I know some of them get scholarships and all that stuff, but dude, come on. These are, these are young people that don't deserve any of this crap. And I'm, I'm glad that Alabama sent the message saying, this is not okay. We will not tolerate this. And, they're able to uh, move for, move on from him because it's it's just silly. Now investigate Nick Saban to see if he's doing the same thing with the football program. <laughs> so all I'm going to say, oh my god, can you imagine if that's going on like school wide? <laughs> well, I, I think you have to look at everything now. Yeah, I mean these coaches they know each other. Yeah, they're, so, they're most of them are friendly. You know, they're, they're in the same athletic department and all that stuff. So it's not, I mean, obviously there's always, this could always be like a private thing and it, it doesn't matter, but it's worth taking a look at just in case. Cause you know. You know. Yeah. So that, that's going on in Alabama. So we go from that diamond, we go to the hardwood, we got some NBA news. Uh, Mike Budenholzer fired by the Bucks. After I think five years, when just free, mm. and yeah, but Budenholz are out after the Bucks lost in five games to the Miami Heat in the first round. Uh, Dan, your thought thoughts here on Budenholzer? So, for for a team that won fifty eight games and sat at the top of the NBA the entire season. You can't blame the coach for everything because this was a good team. This was a very good, this was a very good, very well coached team. And I personally believe that, but overall the team as a whole, they did not accomplish their goal of winning a championship. They did not, play well in that first round series against Heat. They flat out choked in a couple of games that decided the game, that decided the series. So while it's not entirely on Budenholzer, obviously the players have to play better defense. They got to learn to close out. Giannis, obviously, you know, Giannis has so much on his plate, but at the same time, your best arguably the best player in the NBA, you need to be that leader and you need to make sure that you hit every shot, every free throw, make every big play. And none of the Bucks players did that. Uh, coaching wasn't great. The strategy wasn't good. You know, offensively, they had no idea what they wanted to do. But it's all around that organization. It's not just Boonholzer. Problem is, you need a scapegoat. Now it's the scapegoat. It's, I think he takes it with grace and 
you know, obviously moves on to his next venture, whatever the heck that is. And, you know, you just move forward and the Bucks will hire a new coach that will probably be a puppet to Giannis because, you know, there's no other, I, I, I just, I really can't see another coach going in there and being like, okay, we're going to make this team better. I, I can't. So he gets, he becomes scapegoat. Bucks are now on a coaching hunt, coaching search, and uh, they're going to have to figure out the, the team has to change dramatically. Because if you can't win a playoff series against a team that was a playing game in a playing tournament and barely made the eighth seed, if it wasn't for that late uh, run against the Bulls, uh, Miami, like it, to me, that that's just it, it's it's disgraceful. I think the word scapegoat's right. I also think I go back to something we talked about last week with the Giannis quote. Failure does have its consequences. Yes. And this is a consequence of a team's failure. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily agree, agree with the decision. You win, You don't win 58 games by mistake in the, in the NBA. No, th- 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 this was a good team. This was a good team. And you can attribute the failure in the playoff to a lot of things. Um, Giannis missed a couple of games due to a back issue. You know, you, you could disagree with things on Budenholzer. Sometimes it's just time for a guy to go. The thing I'm looking for is who's coming in there that's a real upgrade. Yeah. That that that's the question because if you're just gonna Arguments say take one of the assistants and make them the coach, or you're gonna wait and you're looking to see what's out on the wire to see. I don't know if there's anyone who's a true upgrade. You know, I know Toronto, uh, Nick Nurse from Toronto could be the guy. I don't know. Um, you know, are are they gonna wait on Doc Rivers if Philly doesn't beat Boston in the second round this year? Is Doc Rivers a guy who could go there? I don't know. Yeah. Um, one of our group chats, we mentioned Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel is brought up. Yeah, that's a possibility too. I also kind of look at this differently because, you know, I, I didn't realize this until this morning when I was listening to Brian Windhorst on ESPN. Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez are two guys who are free agents. Yeah. Are they going to be able to bring those guys back? Or not? Yeah, yeah, a a lot of them, I believe they uh, do. Some of them have like contracts where they can exercise uh, or opt out. Like there has to be. Um, That's another factor. Like who's going to be lost because of this? Yeah. So uh, that's why it's a tough situation for me. Um, would I have been okay if Budenholzer said, sure, I, I don't have an issue if he stayed. Do I have an issue he's gone? Not really. You could have gone either way on it. But the key is you have to, for for me, you have to look at the roster. Is the roster good enough? Yeah. Because we're watching the Heat more now because we're both Nick fans. But you look at the depth of the Heat from game two, Without Jimmy Butler, and they played the Knicks really competitively. Mm-hmm. The Bucks without Giannis, it wasn't pretty. 
for the most part. So it's about building the depth around. Yeah, this is not to disrespect the New York Knicks. Obviously, as a Knicks fan, I'm very happy with how they've been playing and stuff. And um, I I think that the the Knicks are in a pretty good spot, even though they lost game one. But the the Bucs are way better than the Knicks, Mike. I mean, oh yeah, this Bucs team had if the, the the Knicks and the Heat being competitive makes sense because the Knicks were the, are the five seed and the heat are the eighth seed. So yeah, that obviously makes the most sense because they're closely, they're a good close matchup here. The bucks and the heat, you know, the bucks by a mile are better than them and they got creamed. Well, my my thought, my comparison was the depth of the Heat versus the depth of the box. Right, I get and, it. And that, and that even that you, if you want to throw the Knicks in there, the depth of the Knicks is a little bit deeper than the Bucks because look at how they played in Game One without Julius Randle. Fair enough. Now again, Julius Randle's not on the level of Giannis, but it's still you're talking best player versus best player. Yeah, I, I get you. I, I I just think that you know, even though. The depth obviously made a huge difference in that series. To me, for the Bucks, it's really not like the end all be all as long as you make the plays. And this is a team that had two big leads and blew both of them, like back to back games or something like that. So it it was just it's just not a good way to go. It's just it's not. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Speaking of Nick's heat. We got game three of Nick's Heat tomorrow. But by the way, uh, how do you feel about this long layoff from Tuesday to Sunday? I don't like it. I hate it. What if they doing? were playing tonight, I would be totally okay with it. Mm-hmm. I I don't like the fact that there's three days off in between games. Yeah. Two days minimum. I get it. There has to be a travel day, but I, I, I think they should be playing tonight. If you want to push Boston and Philly to tomorrow, yeah. I'd have no issues with that. Yeah, and look, the, the to me, the I hate the two two one 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 setup that they have for these seven game series because if you were like baseball where it's two three two, you know how much travel time you limit. <laughs> like, come on now, like you know. It, but uh, I'm not going to criticize the leagues for doing whatever they do. I just think they travel too much and. Mm-hmm. The NBA playoff schedule is absolute trash. They do this every time. There's always these three days off. And it's just like, no, these teams have to be ready to go. Like, you got to speed it up here. This is why we go into late June with this crap. Yeah, you're right. If they wanted to shorten out the season a little bit, Mm -hmm. two days off, not three. One day for travel, one day for practice. There should be no three three days off during a playoff series. It's, in my opinion, it's ridiculous. But yeah, it's odd. But uh, Saturday they do play game three. Um, where do I stand with this? I think the Knicks still have a good chance at this series by their performance in game two, and. 
When I say they needed Julius Randle in the worst way, I mean in the absolute worst way they needed him to play. And, you know, that 25 points, you know, pe- people ignore that. If you take those points away, the Knicks lose, like, easily. Brunson had a nice bounce back in game two after, you know, what happened in game one. Yeah. Josh Hart, another solid performance. Yep. Uh, the the guy the Knicks need a little bit more from is Emmanuel quickly. Yeah. Uh, as that bench presence. Uh, but, you know, all, all in all, the Knicks are in this series. The Heat probably will get Jimmy Butler back tomorrow. Uh, scares me a little bit, but, you know. Here we are. Yeah. Um, quickly wasn't terrible on Tuesday, which is fine. You um, just need the consistency. But yeah. I mean, I wonder because they they did have that that game in Boston, like midseason, where you had no Jalen Brunson and quickly just went off on the Celtics. I wondered if that was a little too much for him. Like since because since then his production, I mean, there there have been he's had several great games after that, but I wonder like, you know, if now he puts a little too much pressure, like oh, if he's out there, he has to do all these things to be good, and he doesn't necessarily have to. Like I feel like quickly needs to, you know, to, no pun intended, not be so quick and slow down a little bit, you know. Yeah, just. just... Slow it down, pace yourself, be good. And be smart with the basketball. This is the same yeah. thing I told we told we sell with RJ. I said you gotta be smart with the basketball. And RJ's been a lot easier to deal with, thankfully, because he's playing better. He's been so much better since those first two games against the Cavs. It's been night day. He he was great. If you want to look back to game one, they win that game, in my opinion, if they just kept going back to him. Because they had stretches after halftime where they just stopped giving him the ball. And just you got to let him cook a little bit if he's in that flow. Yeah. So. We know RJ can certainly do this. So game three, I'm expecting – we're expecting Jimmy Butler to play. Yeah. Has not been confirmed yet. Yeah, but it's enough rest time. I mean, I look at that, that ankle is swollen, quote unquote. I mean, I, I don't know if it actually is. I don't know. If he's trying to bait the Knicks and stuff. Um, I think he's trying to bait the Knicks. But if, if he has had plenty of rest on that ankle, I think he should give it a whirl and, you know, just play his ass off if he can. Now, the Heat have to continue to dish to love. That dude was a Vincent. That that Gabe guy Gabe Vincent that, that killed us on the three point land. Like he's another big factor into that game too. Uh, uh, Bam Adebayo down low has been phenomenal throughout the series. So th- that's some of the things that the Knicks have to look out for. Uh, Kyle Lowry was great in Game One. Yeah. Um, not not much of a factor in Game Two, but still his presence is uh, huge. Yeah. There, so uh, I wouldn't necessarily uh, 
focus on that. And can we say we were able to just stop it in game two? Can we make sure Kevin Love does not make these home run passes down the court? <laughs> you know? He's trying, he's trying to become the next quarterback of the Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> like Jesus Christ, man. Oh. Uh, but I think the Knicks are in a good spot. I really yeah. do. Three of the four series right now going on in the NBA are one-one. The only one that's not are the Nuggets are up to on Phoenix. Game three of that is tonight without Chris Paul for the Suns out with a groin injury. Yeah, that that that, and the 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 Suns are in trouble. I mean, that Denver team is lethal. So uh, I expect Denver to um, pretty pretty much uh, not necessarily wrap it up quickly. I expect the Suns to win a game at least. Uh, but no, that that series gonna be quick. I I just expect it. The Suns need a Kevin Durant performance tonight, yeah. Where KD goes off for forty something, mm-hmm. and the Suns win. That that is if they're gonna win this series, they gotta win this game because Kevin Durant said so. Yeah, that that has to become the reason. Mm-hmm. So, uh, ooh. That's the, the NBA playoffs. We also got the Stanley Cup playoffs in action tonight. Let's go Kraken. It's a 1-1 series in Dallas. 1-1 series against the Stars. That yeah. Phenomenal game one. Yeah. What, 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 what's his face had? What, four goals? Um, Joe Pavelski, four oh, goals. And then, <laughs> then the following night, Leon Dry settled the Oilers. Four goals against the Vegas Golden Knights. Oh my god! Ironically, both in losses. So, <laughs> so yeah. that that is rare. Yeah, but that Kraken team is fire. Like even even in uh, Thursday's game against uh, Dallas, you know the Kraken were still pretty much in it. I mean, obviously it didn't work out. You know the the goals came too late, but you know you still have this fast pace. Cracking team, they're you know they're a pretty spunky team there. You know they they can really get up on your on your ass and you know kick it. You know they they they're really they're a really really good feisty team. I really really expect them, and that's that's good for Seattle. And I know they had a, a layoff last year, you know first season, trying to get field things, but you know, clearly this team has turned around big time. Yeah, they've been great in the playoffs and nobody thought they'd beat Colorado. They did, mm-hmm. but th- their disciplines, what hurt them last night, they gave up three, pa- had three, pa- gave three power plays to the stars scored once, but mm-hmm. you know, if you stay a little bit disciplined, in these games, Philip Grubauer has been a stud in these playoffs for them. So I, I don't think they beat Dallas, but they're certainly playing them very tight. Yeah. Um, we've also got the the uh, the Florida Panthers up 2-0 on the Maple Leafs. Oh boy, Toronto! You lose this series. Those people who said we want Florida after beating <laughs> the Lightning, I'm not sure they're gonna ever live that down. You know, what, what what if Florida becomes like really hot? You know they. They're riding high, beating the mighty Boston Bruins, and then now they are up 2-0 against the the Leafs. Like, can you can you see a scenario where 
the Panthers just go off and just like you know. In the series, I've always really? felt the Panthers are really good. The Panthers are really good. The key for anything Panthers is Sergei Bobrovsky in goal. When he's on, he's one of the best goalies in the league. Yeah. And he's been on in these first two games of this series. Yeah. And the Leafs were they were probably the better team in game two for probably about 58 minutes. But the two minutes where they weren't the better team, that's what cost them in game. Too. Now they have to find a way to bounce back, but this is a team that is mentally fragile, in my opinion. They they don't handle adversity well up until the first round this year, where they finally exercise those demons. But if they arguments like they split these two games in Florida and they're coming home down three one. I don't see a scenario where they win three in a row and beat beat the Panthers. And that's going to be pretty exciting stuff in, in uh, sunny Florida. Yeah, so uh, Hurricanes-Devils game two is tonight. Oilers-Golden Knights game two is Saturday night. So Stanley uh, Cup playoffs in full swing, NBA uh, playoffs in full swing. That that turn The turning point of this Ranger-Devils series real quick. Oh, okay. Was when the Devils made the switch to Akira Schmidt. Because I don't think the Rangers, even though they had a good game six against him, I don't think the Rangers truly had an answer for any of his saves. And the Devils gained confidence because of it. They really did. I felt this year... The... There's a couple of things. I think game four was the real turning point because I expected the Devils to push in game three where they won in overtime. Game four was the one game I, the Rangers just – they were pathetic in game yeah. four. No they sure. were they were lucky that the only guy the only guy who showed up was Igor Sturkin, and he kept it at one nothing for a long time. Trocek eventually scores the tire. That, but eventually, you know, the Devils come back with, you know, I think with Sigenthaler score. Game five, crap show. They, they didn't show up. Game six, they showed up. And game seven, the only guy who showed up was Igor Shesterkin. The problem for me was the big guys didn't show up. Mika's advantage at one goal in the series. Sorry, need more. Artemi Panarin, there's an APB app for you because I don't know what happened. Adam Fox picked the wrong time to play the worst hockey in his career. Yeah. Outside of a number of a, a couple of guys, because I think the only guys I will not admonish, I'm not going to admonish a circuit because he was awesome the whole series. Mm-hmm. I can't admonish Kreider, six goals in the series. I know the bulk of it's the power play. I don't care. But, but you need to convert the power play. Right. right. And, and Tarasenko had three goals, so I can't really get on him. Yeah. Patrick Kane, sorry, dude, you're not a Ranger next year. Yeah. And, so, and that's the thing, like you know, you're you're talking about Tarasenko, Kane. These are the guys that they try to put into the lineup for the purpose of winning the Stanley Cup, and you get bounced. And look, I, I know, uh, I think the whole idea of experience is overrated. 
you know, obviously it doesn't really matter as long as you, you know, play your hockey, make the plays and win the game. But, you know, you the, the whole purpose was to go after another Stanley Cup run. Now the Rangers are in a big hole here. Like, I don't, I don't know, one, if they'll get back to wherever they need to be um, and stuff. And then on top of that, you know, we might have a bit of a coaching carousel like the Rangers always do. So. I hate the idea of firing Gallant unless it's a real upgrade. Yeah. I, I, I don't like the idea of recycling a coach every two years. Um, as for the roster, um, King nah, is a no. That's a no. If Tarasenko's not going to ask for the world, I would not be opposed to bringing back Vladimir Tarasenko. Well, he was good. To, I mean, he was, he was fine in the playoffs. He was good as well during the season. So, you know. If I can go into next year, and my top two on the right side up front would be Tarasenko and Capo Caco. Uh, I'd be pretty good with that. Yeah. Because I, I, I think I and, and I hate myself for doing it because I'm I've been sucked into the Twitter verse. And when I see Rangers Twitter talking about some of the young guys, what whether it's Caco or Lafreniere, it's you the problem isn't their develop; it's how they're used in the development. Both could be top sixes on any team. The problem is for Lafreniere; he's got to deal with Panarin and Kreider on the left side. Kako, it just becomes about consistency. Yeah, I think the kids should all be back now. If you want to tweak a couple of things here and there, I'm okay with it, but I'm not. In the mode of, okay, let's blow this up and see what we could get out of this guy for this guy. For... Because I think if you're a real hockey fan, you would know whether the Rangers lost this series or the Devils lost. A good team is going home in the first round yeah. in this series. That doesn't mean blow the whole thing up. You have to make some, some, some changes do have to occur. I'm not going to sit here and deny that. But to say blow this thing up because, you know, clear the board because you lost to the Devils, no. And that's not how this should work. So I'm going to be intrigued by how Chris Drury handles this offseason. It'd be interesting to see what the Rangers do, for sure. Yeah. So, everyone... That'll do it for the ninth inning of the Sports Insanity Podcast on the Sports Insanity Network. We made it through. We made it through Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, hey, let's go. Everyone enjoy the dirt, Kentucky Derby tomorrow. Oh, yeah, how about that? Uh, First of all, um, I feel horrible for these horses. Are you you watching uh, these uh, news about how these horses are dying on on these racetracks? Like, no, I knew the stories from California a couple of years yeah. ago. Yeah, well, a couple died at Churchill Downs, apparently. So, um, oh boy, yeah, I they think uh, they're looking into it, but nonetheless, the Kentucky Derby is uh, still going on. So, the, um, it's uh, it, it, 
we hope horse racing can stay because it's very exciting stuff. Um, but um, it is a bit of a concern. But nonetheless, enjoy the Kentucky Derby. Like what's going to happen? And Dan, my friend, enjoy your birthday. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So uh, check this podcast out: Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcast. Check out the website www.thesportsinsanitynetwork.com for great blogs, vlogs, planes, trains, and automobiles. Check us out. Twitter at S Insane Real is the network Twitter at S-I-N Sports Insane. S-I-N Sports Insane is the podcast Twitter, everyone. S Insanity Real. S Insanity Real. But eventually I will get down. It was a good attempt, though. Eventually I will get down the socials when they're not in front of me. But everyone, have a good weekend. Peace. Oh.